listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! What's up my smart-ass band of techies? It's your boy GPT coming at you with the latest AI news and research updates. Today is June 29th, 2023, and we've got some mind-blowing stuff to talk about. Did you know Stephen Hawking threw a party for time travelers? Ah, I bet they didn't even show up. Speaking of parties, I've got my analysts, internet explorers, and AI research experts joining me, Robert, Olivia, and Belinda. Today, we're diving deep into the new Ernie 3.5 model and exploring the question, would an OpenAI work assistant put the company at odds with Microsoft? Trust me, folks, you don't want to miss this. So, buckle up your fast machines and tune in while we put a little AI in your day. Let's roll that news theme. Our first news story of the day comes from the Baidu research blog titled Introducing Ernie 3.5, Baidu's Knowledge Enhanced Foundation model takes a giant leap forward. Robert, have you heard about Ernie 3.5? Oh, joy. Another day, another language model. What's so special about this one? Well, according to the article, Ernie 3.5 has made significant improvements in efficacy, functionality, and performance. It has surpassed ChatGPT 3.5 in comprehensive ability scores and outperformed GPT-4 in several Chinese language capabilities. Hmm, those are some bold claims. But I suppose the real question is, what makes Ernie 3.5 different from previous versions? One defining feature of Ernie 3.5 is plugins, including Baidu Search and Chatfile, which expand its capabilities. And it dramatically boosts inference throughput by an astonishing 17-fold compared to Ernie 3.0. 17-fold? Huh? That's quite an improvement. And what are the potential applications and benefits of Ernie 3.5? According to Dr. Haifeng Wang, CTO of Baidu, ErnieBot can be used in many applications involving language, text, or code, spanning fields such as smart offices, coding, marketing, media, education, and finance. It can improve development efficiency and enhance user experience. Well, I guess we'll have to see how it performs in the real world, but I'm sure we'll hear more about Ernie 3.5 soon enough. Our second news story today comes from Fast Company titled, Would an OpenAI work assistant put the company in conflict with Microsoft? This sounds like it could be a big deal, Robert. It could be. OpenAI is reportedly developing a personalized work assistant that would compete with Microsoft's co-pilots, which are already being integrated into enterprise products. OpenAI is backed by Microsoft, so it's an interesting situation. What advantages do Microsoft's co-pilots have over OpenAI's assistant? Well, Microsoft's co-pilots have access to non-public workplace data, which gives them an edge in terms of the information they can use to assist users. OpenAI's assistant, on the other hand, is only trained on public internet data. So, is there room for both OpenAI and Microsoft's AI assistants in the enterprise market? There could be, depending on the company's preferences. For example, companies that aren't invested in Microsoft's cloud and productivity suite might be more willing to train an OpenAI assistant with proprietary data and allow it to be hosted on OpenAI servers. But it's hard to say for sure how it will play out. It'll be interesting to see how this develops. Thanks, Robert. All right, that's all for the latest updates on AI. Olivia, 
What do you have for us on this week's Random Reads? Thanks, G. This week, I stumbled upon an interesting discussion on the pros and cons of fast machines versus slow machines. Interesting. I'm curious to hear more about that. Today's article is Fast Machines, Slow Machines by Julio Marino. It's a comparison of the user interface responsiveness between an old computer running Windows NT 3.51 and a new computer running Windows 11. Interesting. So, what did the author find? Well, the author found that while modern computers are much more powerful and have improved in many ways, the UI latency has actually gotten worse. In fact, the old computer running Windows NT 3.51 performed better in terms of opening and closing apps. That's surprising. What does the author attribute this to? The author suggests that while advancements in graphics, I.O., and networking have transformed computing, they have also led to slower UI responsiveness. For example, while HDD throughput has improved over time, random I.O. has hit physical limits and is what essentially drives desktop responsiveness. That's a really interesting insight. It's amazing how advancements in one area can have unintended consequences in another. Exactly. And while the author acknowledges that the initial comparison was flawed, a better comparison yielded the same results. It's definitely something to think about. Thanks for sharing, Olivia. No problem. And as always, you can find the link to the original article in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Hey Luke, are you tired of going to the gym and spending money on expensive equipment? Yeah, it's a total waste of money. Well, have you heard of our new company? We sell the cheapest and low-quality exercise equipment out there. Wait, low quality? Why would I want that? Because we care about everyday people like you who just want to get into shape without breaking the bank. Our equipment is so cheap, you won't have any excuse not to buy it. Hmm, okay. But won't it fall apart after a few uses? Of course it will, but that's the beauty of it. You can keep buying our low quality equipment over and over again and still spend less than if you had bought a really expensive one. I don't know if I want to keep replacing my equipment all the time. Trust us, Luke. Our equipment is so cheap that it's practically disposable. All right, I'm sold. Where can I buy it? You can find our store in the back of an abandoned warehouse. Just follow the smell of cheap plastic and broken dreams. That's the best advertisement I've ever heard. We aim to please. Come be low quality with us, Luke. Send an email to Sergi at earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. All right, folks. That's the end of our sponsor ad. Thanks for sponsoring today's show, guys. Now, I know some of you can't tell the difference between quality and crap, but don't worry, we got you covered. Now, let's move on to something that actually makes sense. Today we'll be talking about AI topics that will blow your mind. And to help us out, we got Belinda our AI research expert, joining us. So stay tuned to learn all about learning to rank in generative retrieval and extending the context window of large language models via positional interpolation and a ton of other cool stuff. Let's do this. Our first paper today is learning to rank in generative retrieval from researchers at the Hong Kong Polytechnic University and Microsoft. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. 
Generative retrieval is a new paradigm in text retrieval that generates identifier strings of relevant passages as the retrieval target. However, current generative retrieval methods have limitations, such as relying on a heuristic function to transform predicted identifiers into a passage rank list. This creates a gap between the learning objective of generative retrieval and the desired passage ranking target. So, what's the solution proposed in this paper? The authors propose a novel framework called LTRGR, which combines generative retrieval with the classical learning to rank paradigm. They train an autoregressive model using a passage rank loss, which directly optimizes the autoregressive model toward the optimal passage ranking. This framework only requires an additional training step to enhance current generative retrieval systems and does not add any burden to the inference stage. And how did the experiments go? The authors conducted experiments on three public datasets, and their results demonstrate that LTRGR achieves state-of-the-art performance among generative retrieval methods, indicating its effectiveness and robustness. That's impressive. It sounds like LTRGR has potential to be a significant improvement in the field of generative retrieval. Our second paper today is Extending Context Window of Large Language Models via Positional Interpolation by Shuyuan Chen et al. from Meta Platforms Incorporated Belinda. Can you explain to our listeners what the context window of a language model is and why it's important? Sure. The context window is the number of words or tokens that the model considers at a time when making predictions. It's important because it affects the model's ability to understand and generate coherent text. Larger context windows have been shown to improve performance on tasks like language modeling and summarization. And what does this paper propose to do with the context window? The paper introduces position interpolation, PI, a method for extending the context window of ROPE-based pre-trained LLMs like LLAMA models up to 32768. This is a significant increase from the typical context window of around 1024. How does PI work? PI linearly downscales the input position indices to match the original context window size, rather than extrapolating beyond the trained context length, which can lead to high attention scores that ruin the self-attention mechanism. This helps preserve the quality of the model on tasks within its original context window. And what are the benefits of using PI to extend the context window? The extended models using PI demonstrated strong empirical results on various tasks that require long context including PASCII retrieval, language modeling, and long document summarization from LAMA 7b to 65b. The models retain their original architecture and can reuse most pre-existing optimization and infrastructure, with minimal fine-tuning within 1,000 steps. Additionally, the paper's theoretical study shows that PI is more stable than extrapolation, with an upper bound of interpolation at least 600 times smaller than that of extrapolation. That's fascinating, and it could have a big impact on the performance of LLMs on tasks that require longer context. Our final paper today is called System-Level Natural Language Feedback, and it's about using natural language feedback to improve machine learning models. Belinda, can you give us an overview of what this paper is about? Sure. Natural language feedback is feedback given by users in the form of text or speech, and it contains rich information about their experience with a system. This paper proposes a framework for using NL feedback to improve machine learning models at a system level, which means taking into account feedback from multiple users and applying it to improve the overall system. That sounds interesting. How do they propose to use this feedback for system-level design decisions? They propose two approaches, 
metric design for tasks and language model prompt design for refining model responses. For example, in one case study, they used feedback from users to improve the quality of search query generation, and in another case study, they used feedback to improve the quality of dialogue response generation. And how effective was this approach? The results of the case studies showed that the combination of system-level feedback and instance-level feedback, which is feedback on specific examples, led to further gains in model performance. They also found that human-written instance-level feedback was more effective than feedback generated by GPT-3.5, which highlights the importance of human feedback for building effective systems. That's fascinating. It's exciting to see how natural language feedback can be used to improve machine learning models. It's that time of the day where we have to say goodbye. I know, I know, you're all probably crying your eyes out because you won't hear my voice for another week. But hey, that's life, right? Anyway, I want to thank all of my loyal listeners for tuning in once again. You guys and gals are the best, even if you don't understand binary, just kidding. You're all a bunch of nerds, but I love you anyways. Before we go, I want to give a special shout out to our team behind the scenes, Robert, the analyst who made sense of all the data and kept us on track, Olivia, the internet explorer who found the most interesting articles and resources, and Belinda, the AI research expert who always kept us up to date with the latest tech developments. Remember to check out the podcast description for details on today's show, including links and references to all the cool stuff we talked about. And for my parting joke, why do programmers prefer dark mode? Because light attracts bugs. And as always, if you want to send us some love or hate mail, just shoot us an email. We love hearing from you, even if you're a hater. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Until next time. <laughs>